Welcome to Being Better Podcast, where we explore the things that make us happier, wiser, and more productive beings. Hi, my name is Julia, and I am your host. Every week, I take a concept, technique, or story to learn how it can make us better. I hope that this show can help you become the person you've always wanted to be. So, here we go. I hope you are all doing great and that you are having a lovely day so far. And if you're not, don't worry, I'm sure good things are coming. And maybe one of these good things happening today will be this podcast. Uh, This episode came out very wholesome and insightful and heartwarming. So I think you'll like it and that it's going to make your day better no matter what it was like before. In this episode, I was joined by Cecily Castro, a traveler, an artist, an online creator, and just a very lovely human. Cecily is originally an American with a Puerto Rican heritage who moved to the UK as a teenager and now is living in Paris, France and traveling through other European countries whenever she can. She makes videos on YouTube about her life in Paris, about language learning, traveling and just her journey as a young, curious, creative her channel is called Cecily's Perspective and you can find it in the episode description among with other things that she does online. Cecily has a lot of experience with solo traveling and also traveling on a budget and she shared all of this experience and her tips in our conversation. We also talked about the importance of choosing your own path, of staying true to yourself. We talked about her experience with opairing tips on language learning, meditation, improving the relationship we have with ourselves and many, many great and important topics. But before you hear our conversation, I just want to have a brief disclaimer because Cecily is currently moving and she wasn't able to record in her apartment so there can be a slight difference in the sound quality of this episode. I did my best with the editing and it's really not that bad but I just wanted to let you know. And now without further ado enjoy this discussion with Cecily Castro. Um, I want to just say that it's a pleasure to have you here with me Cecily and um, for all the people listening already I think I have introduced you uh, in the intro but if you were just to say a couple of words about yourself and just you know give a quick bio or you know what would you like uh, people to recognize you for? Um, So as you mentioned in the intro, my name is Cecily. I am an American. I am currently 21, turning 22 very, very soon. I was born and raised in the U.S. in Florida, but when I turned 15, my world kind of changed right before my eyes and we moved to Europe with my family. Um, And then I decided I wanted to continue living my life in 
foreign countries just because I felt like this was the point in my life where I grew the most and I learned so much. Um, so I decided I wasn't ready to go back to my home country yet and I'm currently still living abroad in Paris, France. And if I could say maybe two, three words to describe myself, I would say I'm quite a curious person. Um, I like to believe I'm very creative and I... I'm quite calm, but I could also be kind of very energetic when I'm in the mood. Yeah, a typical, typical artist. Uh, every Everything in one pot. Um, before we get into all of my questions and all of uh, the things that I want to, you know, squeeze out of you, um, I just want to quickly change directions and talk about the recommendations of uh, this week. So as with every episode of the Being Better podcast, I just like to start with asking, you know, the guest or you um, to recommend something to me and the listeners, you know, something that you've been just enjoying lately. And, you know, it can be a product, a movie, podcast, a book, just whatever that in your opinion, is interesting, educational, you know, funny or life-changing or just simply pleasant. And I do really love this segment. And from my, what I've gathered, I think that the listeners also enjoy it. So if you cannot decide, you can pick more than just one thing. Um, yeah, so what can be your recommendation for sure. this episode? This is such a good um, question or like starter. I love it so much. So if I had to choose one thing, I would probably have to go with a series that I've been watching on Netflix um, that I actually found, I think, last week. It's called, I believe it's called My Love. Um, it's basically six stories, so six different episodes of couples around the world. So the ones that I've watched so far was in Japan. There was another one, I believe in Canada or like Alaska or something like this and it's not I don't really watch it for like the romance or the love story because it doesn't focus too much on that but I think it does a really really good job of capturing like what basic daily life looks like in different parts of the world and I feel like nowadays it's so easy to get caught up in in your own life with social media and like all the things that aren't really important you know we we get so buried underneath all of that and watching something that you can find right on your laptop on netflix where you can literally travel for 30 minutes within an episode to another part of the world and just ex experience i say this with quote marks um <laughs> i say it's so important to be able to see this kind of like other side of life because it allows us to also empathize with um other people that we've possibly will never meet or get to see or, you know, experience. So, yeah, if I could share anything, that would be it. The show is called My Love. Okay, Netflix. I will link that in the episode description so you can go check it out. I'm sure you will love it. And, you know, I've also been running out of uh, some nice series. And I think, you know, it's great to watch something which, you know, actually helps you improve and get a better perspective than just, you know, to watch... Um, the reality shows when people are, um, you know, that the Love Island it was called. Oh, I won't, I, that's so stupid. Oh, my God. Okay. You know, don't get me started. <laughs> um, okay. So 
let's go, you know, right to the beginning because I think to understand, you know, when where you are right now and you know, to get a grasp uh, of why you're doing what you're doing, I think we need to get a better understanding of where you come from. So uh, you grew up in Florida, right? Yes, I grew up in, I was born in Orlando, Florida, and then I actually moved to the south part of Florida, which are two very contrasting places, even though it's the same state. Uh, There is like this big stigma or stereotype that the U.S. is huge, and it's actually true, because (laughs) in the north of Florida, you will find a completely different world. There's a lot of people who are rather conservative, and closed-minded, but when you go to the South, it is a lot different. You have more liberal thinking, um, more free uh, freedom of expression, uh, whether you're an artist or a civil rights uh, activist. It's it's really two different worlds, so I, I really enjoyed that I got to live in both parts of the state. But yeah, I grew up in Florida until I was 15, and then I left. Yeah, and did you, uh, you know, develop that love of traveling and curiosity about different cultures, you know, back then when you you were a a child in Florida? Or, you know, did you just prefer to stay at home? Um, Um, I, my mom is like probably one of my biggest inspirations, I would say. And she was always reading and like... Uh, encouraging her kids to read. I have two siblings as well. And her love for reading, and not only reading, but learning about the world around her, she really passed that down to me, I believe. Maybe not in the form of traveling, because we didn't do it too much when I was quite young. But um, it's actually when I met my stepdad um, was when we got more into uh, traveling, because he had a lot of opportunities with his work to go abroad and that is when my world my little closed closed world of living in Florida got opened up and I got to see more of the world and my love started growing from there maybe when I was a bit older I would say around yeah 15 16 I would say actually when we were going to move to Europe I was so so nervous and so scared but I mean everybody's fearful of the unknown you know you just have to be courageous enough to kind of just like throw yourself into it yeah and what was the reason why you know you you decided your family decided to to go to the UK and you know what has that experience of you know suddenly being in a completely different culture completely different country I mean I know the language is I would say similar it's not the same Uh, you know what has that experience taught you about yourself oh okay well when we moved to england a whole uh, like thankfully it actually wasn't too cultural culturally shocking i was very lucky that we moved to a country that still spoke english because at the time i um i only spoke english and spanish and um In that aspect, it wasn't too hard to integrate myself into it, but it was definitely a different world because I was in a new school program. I was no longer doing the American high school program. I was completely thrown into, um, I'm not sure if you know it, but the International Baccalaureate program, and it is intense. So um, not only was I living in a new country, but then I was also thrown into this new 
academic world that I was never I was never introduced to. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that was, you know, stressful as a child. You know, it's a big jump, I guess, from living in a sunny Florida to then, you know, living in, um, you know, cloudy England and also in um, an IB school where everyone is really focused on achievements and oh, yeah. uh, colleges. 1,000%. It was super overwhelming to know that, I mean... When you go to an American high school, nobody, I mean, not nobody, but like very few percentage of the students are focusing on um, achieving like the best grades and going to the best schools. And um, when I moved to London, this was 90% of the students' main goal. It was quite overwhelming, but I think it was definitely a learning process all at the same time. Um, I have a twin brother, and he was right along, uh, right along my side the whole time, which made the whole process a lot easier. Um, even though he he thrived a lot more than I did in that in that um, field in that area, whatever you want to call it. But he's a lot more academic than me. I'm a lot more artistic, so he really enjoyed the whole atmosphere over there. Um, but I would say that London really did encourage me to discover the more artistic side of myself just because the access to free art museums, the access to all the galleries are incredible over there. We do not have this in Florida at all. So, yeah, I definitely started discovering my more creative side when I moved across across the ocean. <laughs> and, you know, did you develop any like I don't want to call them coping mechanisms but at the on other hand I do want to because I guess you know being in a new stressful situations you know and being young I think we all develop some way to deal with it and you know some of them are healthy some of them are harmful and I'm just curious because I think that it was a big you know learning experience and if you can share any Uh, habits or rituals that actually helped you, uh, you know, be comfortable uh, in that new environment? Yeah, for sure. So um, when I first started feeling um, kind of out of my comfort zone when I had moved, when I first moved with my family, I literally would look online for hours like how do I calm my anxiety how do I feel more at ease in this new environment and I was just searching for a solution until I came across um, practicing I mean it <laughs> maybe will sound a bit cliche but I started practicing yoga and um, meditation as well um, I had no idea what I was doing first of all because I had never done a yoga class or meditation class or anything I read some tips online and tried to follow them as best as I could, and I found that it actually worked. Um, I would also take a lot of my time to explore the city, which seemed to make me for, make me feel more at ease because obviously I was surrounded by a completely new environment and taking my own time, going by myself, kind of like taking myself out on a little date, like a little independent time for myself. Because when you move to a new country, you're introduced to so many new people and so many new things and areas and places. And if you don't take time for yourself, it's so easy to become overwhelmed and distracted from like um, 
from who you are. Like, you really have to take time to just ground yourself and remind yourself, oh, like, these are my intentions with, like, with my actions. And I really, really needed to do that or not. I don't know if I would have been able to find some some sense of tranquility. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I would say my top one was, like, taking myself out on little little dates um yeah that's great i'm a big fan of that i think that um a lot of um struggles with not only being in a new place but also you know being uncomfortable in certain situations where we may be comparing ourselves with others and all of these kind of things i think uh, they stem from us not being comfortable with being with ourselves and being with our own thoughts and when we develop um, these practices where we have to spend time with ourselves, which is yoga, which is meditation, which is, you know, taking yourself out on a date or on a walk or going uh, alone to the movies, which I'm a big fan of. Um, <laughs> I think those practices, they might seem, you know, not really that um, useful, but actually they really are because at the end of the day, I always say it, you will have to spend the rest of your life with yourself. So yeah. you better work on that relationship. So I really, I really love uh, these yeah, 100%. Uh, mechanisms. I think that a lot of people don't realize until later on in life that they are really just, they're stuck with themselves, you know, no, no matter what relationships you lose or gain, you're always gonna have yourself, you know. So if you're not comfortable in your own company, like I don't know what what like what solution yeah. to give whose you. company you're going to be comfortable with if you are not comfortable with yourself. There you go, exactly. I have <laughs> I have a question for you. What's your what's your favorite self date to take yourself on? You know when it was when it wasn't the pandemic. I really liked going to the uh, cinema by myself because I. I could live closely to to it, so it was always that. Also, I really love um, exercising, but I don't. I really don't like um, team sports. So I'm a big fan of running to the point where I'm, you know, certain that the listeners are sick of me talking uh, about running all the time. But <laughs> I love swimming. I love running, and I think I've been doing that since I was very little. And I think. These practices and trainings where I was, you know, an hour and a half in the water and I didn't have anything else to do really made me comfortable with myself. And, you know, I went through ups and downs in my life, but I know that I can thank these hours of training in the water and, you know, right running because I did learn to get used to my mind and my thought patterns and recognize when I am not well and when everything is okay. So I guess that is my my favorite thing to do with myself, I guess. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. I love it a lot. Um, so, uh, you know, you were in London and was it, you know, there, you know, in that high level IB school, you know, private school in London when you just first started to notice that you don't want to follow the conventional 
you know, path. Um, you know, I don't want to project anything on you, but it's just something that I um, kind of um, picked up uh, from your videos that you don't want to, you know, spend your life following um, what other people tell you that you should do. Um, so, you know, was it was it there? Um, I for sure think that moving abroad probably showed me that there was other paths that you could go down in life. If I were to have stayed in Florida for the rest of my high school, I probably would have gone straight to university and followed uh, similar paths to all my friends. But after moving to England, I found out uh, about a lot of new things, one of those things being a gap year. <laughs> and I actually never even heard of this term when I was living in the U.S., which just blows my mind because I think it's a lot more encouraged in Europe. And that is when I started doing more research about it. When I first heard about it, I was like, I have to do a gap year. <laughs> and... Honestly, being in this high-intensity environment for me showed me that we only have the time, like the present moment, so why are we going to do things that don't make us genuinely happy? Um, I kind of looked at the IB, the, the private schooling program, to be kind of something that I had to do because I was... Um, obviously still living with my parents. I was a minor. I had to attend the school because I was on a visa um, as a student. That's a long story, but basically I was living in the country because of my student visa. Um, and yeah, I think it really showed me that we have the power to make our own decisions. And especially when I turned 18 and I was no longer a minor, I told myself, well, now I can make my own decisions and I'm going to make decisions that make me content. And um, yeah, I feel like I was kind of put through this time where I was kind of living a life that was forced upon me, but then when I finally got the freedom to live the life I wanted, I took it. Yeah, I really like that. I think sometimes we don't, at the moment that, you know, things that are uncomfortable happen to us, sometimes they are really just a big opportunity. And yeah, so uh, I know that you've, you know, after um, you finished school, you decided to to travel and I know that you decided to try au pairing yeah. and so when did you first have that idea of being an au pair and you know what attracted uh, you to to that quite you know I would say unconventional way of traveling and you know for the listeners who who you know haven't had have the chance to heard this concept au pairing uh, can you also explain what it is? Yeah, of course. So au pairing is basically kind of, I guess you could call it an exchange program. So you go abroad to a, a foreign country. Typically, it's English speakers that go to European countries, such as France, Italy. Um, you can go to anywhere, really. Like I have some friends that went to Norway. I have a friend that went to Spain also. And basically, it's... If you go abroad, you get matched with the family, whether that be through an agency 
Etsy or you can do it online by yourself um, through a website called opairworld.com. There's multiple sites, but this is the most popular one. Um, and then you basically get lot. Uh, I just I was gonna say a word in French. <laughs> <laughs> Logement. Um, you get accommodation, you get food, you get transport, your phone is paid for, and sometimes the family also pays for your language school. Um, so you get all of this in exchange for taking care of your host family's children, and that can be anywhere from one child to five children. It really just depends on the family that you match with. Um, and it could be really a hit or miss. I've heard some crazy stories of some crazy families, but I've also really heard some um, great turnouts and success stories of au pairing. Um, I think you really have to know what you want before going into anything like this. Because I know a lot of people who came just thinking that it was going to be a walk in the park. And you really have to prepare yourself mentally to move to another country that you're not um, used to. You don't have um, the cultural awareness and everything. You don't know any of the language. And uh, I actually first heard about it because I was dating a Swiss-French person in university. And he, uh, out of, like... Curiosity. I wanted to learn a bit of the basics of the French language. And we started learning together while I was with him. And once we had broken up, I still had this passion and this drive to continue learning the language. I would listen to French music all the time on my phone. Um, throughout the day, I would start watching French TV shows. Um, I really just grew um, a lot of love for the language because I, I guess I got kind of attached to it because I would practice it on daily. It, it really became a, a consistent thing. And then I started looking at alternatives, um, alternative options that you can do on your gap year. Obviously, this was all pre-COVID, so the options were truly endless. Um, I looked into maybe doing things such as Work Away, which is a program where you can work on Um, diff work in different organizations across Europe. Um, but then I ultimately chose France because I was obviously already learning the French language. And then I chose Paris because I have, I started growing a huge, huge, um, Well, I had a big love for traveling after living in London for two years. Um, I got to travel a lot with my family while I was living here. So um, I knew that I wanted to be in the capital city of France because it would be a lot easier to travel to other European countries during my my year as an au pair. So um, it's really and great. And what in your, uh, you know, f because you've heard good things uh, and bad things about au pairing but I'm curious you know what is your experience and you know what is uh, in your opinion the expectations versus reality of au pairing and you know Ooh. the common misconceptions that people have uh, about oh, it okay well a lot of people come into it thinking that uh, well 
it's gonna be a lot of work, which is true. It is a lot of work. But as an au pair, you also get loads and loads of free time because you tech technically how it works is you watch the children after school. So you do the school pickup and then you stay with them until the parents get home in the evening time, which is really not that long. It's like three hours each day that you work. So um, you get a lot of free time as an au pair. And during this free time, you can typically use it to go to language school to improve, further improve the language that you're you're trying to learn, depending on the country you move to. And um, my uh, whole experience with au pairing, well, it's been up and down, that's for sure. Um, I've had amazing moments. I've also had moments where it was not so easy, but I took it as a learning experience every time that I had some bumps in the road. Can you share a little, uh, you know, about those hard moments? Oh, sure. A thousand percent. I would love to. So... For example, I actually had two families that I worked for while living here. I started off with a family with two children, and they were so sweet. The, the, the parents were really, really sweet, but the children had no sense of discipline, so I was not getting treated correctly by these kids. And I tried to stick it out for, like, three months and really tried to let the children get used to me. And, you know, it's... It's not always compatible, so you should never take it personal if you if you don't match correctly with the family because I know a lot of au pairs have rematched multiple times during their stay in the foreign country. So I told the parents that it wasn't going too well with the children and they wouldn't really listen. And my breaking point was basically when... <laughs> The little boy of the family decided to spit on me one day. Um, I was literally just trying to get his shoes on for for uh, like the morning run. We were trying to get to school, and yeah, he thought it was a good idea to spit on me. He was only. I think he was four, but um, yeah, I was never taught when I was younger that this was an okay thing to do, so I really thought he was crossing the line, and I talked to the parents about it, and things like this would just continue to happen, and I just told the parents, I'm giving you a two weeks notice, I'm leaving, but this was so, so, so scary, because I don't think I've ever had to do this sort of confrontation ever in my life, and this is one of the biggest lessons I've learned while all pairing like no matter how much you depend on somebody or a situation you should never allow yourself to be disrespected or treated unfairly you need to stand up for yourself especially living in a new country I had no family here I had no friends here when I first got here and I told myself nobody is here to back me up I have to back myself up so Yeah, that's what I did. It took a lot of a lot of convincing myself to confront the parents and tell them that I was no longer going to work for them because I did sign a contract that said I was going to stay with them for the whole year. Um, but it is legal to break the contract if you feel like it has to be done. So I gave them, like I said, the two weeks notice. They were not happy at all. And obviously that's really scary and nerve wracking. But Sometimes you have to do scary things to grow. So that was a big yeah. learning experience. I think, yeah, again, um, sometimes we, we need these bad things uh, to, to learn from them. But I would say that from what I've heard about au pairing, that 
this is something that happens and I do you know if you are matched with a great family you know it's great but it's not that it happens very often and that yeah sometimes the children are just very you know bad mannered and not very disciplined and it's funny because um from what i've heard from people who were in europe and then um moved to the u.s and were operating in the u.s that's where <laughs> that's where i've heard that the children in the u.s are not disciplined but i guess everywhere <laughs> yes. it's I've heard some crazy, crazy stories about the U.S. too. I think the the, the crazy children are everywhere. <laughs> They're truly yeah. everywhere. And so you have a lot of experiences. And, of course, you know, with the pairing and with uh, also, uh, you know, from what I've, you know, heard from, from your videos, you've also traveled just, you know, not, you know, just living in France, but you just also decided to to travel uh, through Europe and yes. you know see different countries and since you know you have so much experience what would be your your advice to all of the young women but not only women you know you are a female female solo traveler which I think is something very mm, you know, we can learn a lot from you, but you know, not only to to the girls out there. What would be your advice to all of the people who want to see the world before you know they decide to go to the university or or whatever, but they don't have a lot of resources and they don't have anyone else to go with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think that a lot of people have this idea in their head that they need many, many resources to be able to travel and to be able to go out there and see a different take on the world. But this is not necessarily the case. Of course, I'm speaking about pre-COVID because right now traveling is so, so tricky um, and it's not the easiest thing to do in this moment. But hopefully in the upcoming year, things will start returning back to normal. Fingers crossed. I would say that spontaneity, being spontaneous is the number one thing that's going to push anybody to... Get out of their comfort zone because I feel like in this situation, of course, getting on a plane, getting your stuff and going to another country that you've never been to, it's scary. And um, you don't necessarily, like I said, need a lot of resources because there's so, so many things that we have access to nowadays to book cheap flights, to book cheap, uh, cheap tickets, to stay in a hotel and to meet new people in foreign countries. The amount of people that I've met in hostels and, um, just traveling abroad in like a tour group or something, it's amazing. And you, that's when you start learning, not only from like sitting in a class or from um, reading from a book, but like by speaking to other people that have lived completely different lives compared to you. This is amazing. And uh, I would say that, yeah, being spontaneous, because if you overthink anything, at the end of the day, you're going to convince yourself out of it. You know what I mean? You're going to be like, no, 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 there, I don't have A, B, and C. I shouldn't do it. I shouldn't do it. Um, but if you just say, okay, you know what? I have no excuse not to do this. You go after it. I know it's not the easiest thing to do because you can always be like, like I said, overthinking. Um, but you really just have to like clear your mind and be like, go after it. If it's if it's something you truly truly want, 
you have to go after it because at the end of the day, only you have the power to make your decisions and nobody's going to book a, a ticket for you to go to a, another country, <laughs> you know? You have to do it. And do you have um, any tips or any hacks that you've uh, learned, you know, uh, apart from operating um, to travel when right your pocket isn't full <laughs> yep so like i said before i think i i mentioned it earlier it's called um work away it is basically a website that it's not only um like like all pairing it's not work, watching children or anything but you can actually work for different organizations such as um art schools, you can work on a farm doing agriculture, you can work with animals. It really depends what you're passionate about, but there are plenty, plenty, plenty of different opportunities on that website. Um, so if au pairing and watching children is not really your thing, I really recommend you go on WorkAway because um, there's a lot of people who actually need help with their businesses and they can't necessarily offer you money but they can offer you a place to sleep and they can offer you your food for every single day and sometimes even some of the hosts give you pocket money so that's really great to if you want to save while you're traveling um but yeah i think that if you are really determined and motivated to go experience a new side of the world you're not gonna let anything holds you back. I think also that you are willing to make some some sacrifices. You're not going to be very picky about if you're staying in a beautiful hotel or if you're staying on a, a luxury resort. You'll be happy to stay on, on a, I don't know, uh, there's a lot of things in France such as, um, what is it called, grapevines, like vineyards. Um, you can work on a farm like that and you get to experience the language. You still get to experience the culture, the people. And... Yeah, maybe you have to work for four hours, five hours a day, but you're in a new country, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, exactly. It's really great. I've I've heard a lot of people use this website before, and I, I would say I recommend it too, as much as I can. Yeah. And I, you know, apart from all of the technical aspects and ha the how-tos, I'm just, like, curious, um, what... It's It might sound, sound kind of stupid but i guess what was you know the biggest benefit that you experienced through traveling and you know what seeing these different cultures and meeting these different people taught you about yourself because i know that traveling is fun and i really love it but i want to kind of you know i want to show people that this is a path and it's not only a path to do something that is, quote, fun, yeah. but also the kind of the spiritual aspect. Oh, 100%. I, I completely agree. I, I feel like nowadays traveling is really glamorized, especially on social media. There's so many, let's say, influencers and so many people who are going online and posting pictures. Oh, I just went to Bali. Oh, I just went to uh I went to New York City. Da da da. Yes, amazing. It's an amazing experience to travel. But at the end of the day, what did you get out of it? Like, okay, you can go shopping. Okay, you can like take pictures in front of this beautiful monument, but I mean, let's say everybody travels for different reasons. For me, I would say that 
I travel to learn and I travel to expand my mind. It's really nice to, yes, try new dishes, like cultural dishes and cuisines and everything. But like, who are the people you met on your travels? What are the new things that you learned about that religion that is studied over there abroad? You know, how can you how can you compare this to your own life? How can it, you alter the way you think about things just based on the way that these people live their lives, you know? Uh, I really like to do something when I travel, which is journaling. And I always love to write how a certain place makes me feel, how it impacted me. And I also love to, as an artist, I love to draw places and draw how they make me feel because at the end of the day, I love to travel for all the reasons that I just mentioned previously. But I like to travel because of the feeling it gives me it's like that simple you know like it's pure joy I would say for me yeah I really like that so I know uh, that you have been learning French and how long how long are you speaking uh you know how long have you been speaking French um so I like I said started learning with my one of my ex-boyfriends and that was in September 2018 so it's oh my god that's not that long because you know i was watching your um friend english videos i think uh where you know both talk in uh, english and french and i was impressed with your fluency i mean i'm not an expert i don't speak french um i speak some spanish but not really french but you know i could see that you didn't have any problems and you know since you have an apartment in paris and you are living in paris and from what i've heard french people are not really open to people who don't speak french so i have to imagine that you have uh, you are on a level uh, which is high and after you know those three years i think it's a good level so you know what would you say are the factors of like important factors of language learning and you know and what high school teachers get wrong about you know learning because you know I've been learning Spanish for a lot uh, of years and I don't have that fluency that you have when you know just learned on your own so yeah I think if there's anything that you can talk to me about that I'm really passionate about, it is language learning. So I'm so happy you asked this question. Um, so like I said, I started learning in September 2018, and it was completely independent. I was learning with the help of applications such as Duolingo and also just online resources that I found for free. When I moved to France, I I was actually, I had to um, inscribe myself in a French language course because it is required for um, all the American citizens to be inscribed in a French word. Is this an English word? Oh my God, French is going into my brain. (laughs) Inscribed (laughs) to be... um, this is how you say in French. How do you say it in English? Oh my god, I'm losing my English. Yeah, I think we get the concept. <laughs> yeah, um, so as an American, it is required that you take French language courses, at least for the few, first few months that you are in the country. So I did it for three months, and I did not find it too helpful because the teacher was quite strict, and we didn't actually have many opportunities to 
practice it with, um, orally, we only really did a lot of textbook work and grammar exercises um, independently in the classroom. So I didn't find it too practical. Um, which actually inspired me to just start reaching out to French people on a Facebook group, which was actually the whole purpose of it was for French people to meet English speakers, and they would actually take 30 minutes, well, an hour in total, but 30 minutes to speak in French and then 30 minutes to speak in English. So it was kind of like a little language exchange. And honestly, I believe this is the best, best tip to... Anyone who is learning a language, you need to practice it in real time and you need to speak it, even if you're not conjugating everything right, even if you're not using the right vocabulary, even if you make mistakes and errors, it doesn't matter. This is also another thing. When you're learning a language, you cannot have your ego be up here because if you're scared of making mistakes, you're going to stay at the same level constantly. You're not going to improve. And I actually really really believe in this whole theory so much that you need to speak it even if you're not fully confident um i started my own i guess you can say a little side business but i'm giving um french lessons to foreigners other foreigners who are also learning french and it's not actually lessons it's more like i was mentioning earlier it's conversational practice you need to be in a conversational setting if you want to improve your French or any language that you're learning and this is how I found that I improved the most and um, I see a lot of other people improving like in this way too so my brain is convinced that this is the best way to learn a language yeah yeah speaking speaking and speaking and I guess yeah that's that's why the learning in school is not really helpful because most of what you do is are you know you know these bullshit exercises which are very just not helpful at all yes and i'm by the way i'm curious because i you know have heard uh, about this you know stereotype that french people are not really friendly to people who don't (laughs) speak french but is it really true i'm curious um well that really depends because Um, living in Paris you have a really really big mix of foreigners and expats and um, actual Parisians living all together in this really small city Paris is actually not that big it's quite small actually compared to other European cities that I've been to Um, so you have like this big bubble of all these people these different types of people mixed together and the Parisians Um, French people in general are very, very proud of their culture. They're very proud of their language as well. So (laughs) they're not so happy, like you said earlier, to not speak French. Like if you approach a French person or a Parisian especially, I feel like Parisians have a little bit more... You know when you live in a city and they say that the city life is more stressful... This applies to Parisians, too. So I think they're a little bit more mean than the typical French person. Like, when I travel to the south or I go to the countryside here in France, so much nicer, I swear. Um, But, yes, Parisians can be quite uh, (laughs) um, kind of cold, I would say. They're a little bit cold. um, But I feel like if you at least try to speak French, even if it's not perfect, they appreciate it a lot more. They will correct you, though. They always, always corrected me when I first moved here on everything, which definitely did help me improve my French, but I 
I would take it so personally. I'd be like, why are they so mean to me? I'm just trying to learn. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what people people understand that they do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, before we part ways, I yeah. think I want to, you know, s- you know, make a big summary of all of that we were talking about and ask you what would be your advice to a young person right now who it feels like they don't belong and who feels like you know this conventional path isn't for them and they are lost because they don't know what to do they just feel like something is missing and they feel like maybe there is something else out there if you met that young teenager who feels that way what would be your advice to that person that's a really good question i mean when you're constantly surrounded by this idea of uh, what people want you to be these expectations that are given to you by your teachers by your friends by your parents it's not easy to go against that and As humans, we just want to fit in. We want to feel like we're a part of something bigger than us. And it's so easy to just, you know, accept what the expectations are and just follow them, you know, follow the path that everybody else is is following. But I think as humans, we all know deep down inside of us what what we're passionate about and what we want to chase and what makes us motivated and what has what turns like the fire on inside of us and with all of the expectations that we get from society and from the people who surround us that passion can be buried they're like oh no I shouldn't focus on that I should focus on what I should do you know um if you don't feel like you belong you just need to keep going what you're what you like you know you will continue to have this little voice in your head being like no you need to do what this 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 because your friends are doing this this is you need to go after what you love you need to do what what makes you happy because at the end of the day it's your life you and maybe maybe in a lot of people's cases you don't you haven't found what you love yet and you haven't found your passion well in this case i would say you need to try maybe a new hobby every single month until you do find that passion and there's so many things that you can go after in this world honestly the opportunities and the options are endless but you just need to pay attention and i also feel like if you're really in touch with yourself and you spend more time alone like we talked about earlier go, taking yourself out on these little dates you're going to become more connected to yourself which might sound weird but you're going to know yourself better as a human and you're going to understand what makes you happy what makes you upset what makes you excited and this is when you're going to figure out maybe getting closer to knowing what's your passion you know and It's really hard to find your passion if you're constantly being surrounded by people and everything and you're not giving your time to yourself and spending some time alone. So I would say follow, follow what 
makes your heart happy and what makes you nervous when you're about to do it because when you're nervous that means you care and that you are excited about something it doesn't always have to be a negative thing like for example I was a little bit nervous before doing this call but it means that I'm excited (laughs) and um yeah I I just if you're not feeling alive and you're not feeling excited about your everyday situation that's when you should say hey do I need to make some changes here there you go yeah exactly I always say that do what makes you envious uh, of people um so I was for example envious of people who did podcasts I decided you know shit I'm gonna do it um and I was envious of people who were speaking a lot of languages and I decided to take my Spanish more seriously and as I said in previous episodes I decided to ask my Spanish friends to speak with me and have a weekly or a bi-weekly conversations and always I think you know being envious as toxic as it sometimes is is a good compass of what is that you should try and I think also um I think it's also important to be assertive. So, you know, you had that experience of you had to say to that family, you know, this is this is my barrier and this is my uh, freedom and I am free to say no. And practicing saying no, I think makes you less of a people pleaser and you can make sure that you are not following someone else's path and that you are truly on your own path because you can say no and you can be assertive. I 100% agree. That's so, so true. I never, like, when you hear the words assertive or, like, envious, people can automatically be like, oh, those are, like, negative emotions or feelings. I'm like, no, these can also shape you as well, just like as you're mentioning, you know? And, yeah, it's important to also feel not only all the positive emotions in your in your mind and in your soul, but also the ones that are maybe not associated with being so positive. They also teaching you they're also going to teach you something. Yeah, they're natural. And they you know, I've just released uh, yesterday as of the day of the recording an episode about anger. And, you know, as much as it might it is destructive If you want to deal with anger, you have to notice it and realize that it is natural that you feel it and you have to honor it, feel it, be aware of it, feel how it feels and then it will disappear. But if you take the anger and you shove it and you act like there is no anger, it will stay with you through the week, through the month or sadly sometimes through the whole year. And these things that we think that are negative actually are things that are these compasses and we have to stop labeling them as bad because they're not that's that's so true i love the way you you worded that where do you where do you gain like your your wisdom from your feel i feel like you're so wise so inspirational (laughs) that's so nice um i don't know i think i am a uh, self-aware uh, a lot uh, as I was talking with my friend and actually on a podcast um, I when I was a kid I was talking to myself a lot because my sister was older than me and we didn't play a lot together so I had to play with myself but I think that through 
And I kind of do sometimes that. I'm still, you know, when I'm at home alone, I just talk to myself and I do these kind of checkups. How can I, how am I feeling? How, you know, what am I feeling? And if I notice that something is wrong, I start to think why and stop whatever I'm doing and just ask why. And then, so I think that's basically where I've realized what's actually good to me and where that my body already knows what it's Mm -hmm. what's good for my body and for my mind and I just have to tune into that Mm -hmm. and note and understand that everything that I feel is natural and I have to sometimes just find a way to cherish that and then you know through podcast through psychology and through books I think my knowledge about myself and listening I think I am a big fan of podcasts because they broaden your perspective and they give you an insight to so many amazing lives and so much knowledge Mm -hmm. and you know listening to Harvard professors and as well as just people you know like you who travel and are amazing and you know living their best life these are the things that you know that teach me too and yeah, I guess podcasts are great. That's why I started this one, uh, because uh, as I s- say uh, at each be- at the beginning of each episode, I hope that this show can help you become the person you've always wanted to be. Because this is what other podcasts do to me, and yeah. I hope that I can do it too. That's amazing. I love that so so much. That's great. I think with your podcast, you definitely have some some impact on people. It's it's for sure, and that's that's the beautiful thing about social media nowadays and like the media in general. I feel like a lot of people can focus a lot. Oh yeah, social media, this this this, but. For example, if it wasn't even for your podcast or for YouTube, we would not be speaking right now. We would not be inspiring each other. Like, I find you to be such an inspiring human, and I'm so grateful to, like, have met you today. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I absolutely loved this conversation. I think it was really fun and insightful, and I hope that the listeners might find a comfort in this conversation and feel better with being assertive and saying this is not the path I want to follow and that there are so many ways to live life if you want to go do van life or if you want to go live in a hostel or if you want to spend 15 years doing your PhD that's completely okay there are so many ways to live your life and you don't have to stick with anything else and I want to thank you so much for coming on to this show this podcast and talk about so many incredible things if you want to tell the listeners uh, where they can find you and where what do you do on the internet where should they go (laughs) first of i just want to say thank you so so much for inviting me on the being better podcast i absolutely am so grateful for that um I can be found on Instagram as Cecily's Perspective. Um, That is C-E-C-I-L-Y-S. And then there's a dot between my name and perspective. And then on YouTube, it's the same thing, just Cecily's Perspective. And I post a lot of content about my life abroad and my language learning journey and just my life in general. Um, And the last thing I wanted to say before we sign off is... As we said before, there's not just one path that we should all go down, but 
as much as this is true, it's also never too late to switch paths because I know a lot of people feel this way too. Um, yeah, you're never too old to go after what you want. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. And yeah, yeah, like, think that's yeah I feel like I this say. was so wholesome. Like my heart is so warm right now <laughs> and I've kind of feel bad, you know, ending it because I just wanted to, you know, go on and on. But I guess everything that's great has to come to a close. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll definitely keep in contact after this. That's for sure. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. What a lovely human being she is. I mean, so sweet and so interesting. I hope that you found this conversation as insightful as I did. And I don't know, now I just really want to go to Paris and to travel more. I guess I miss that travel lifestyle. And I don't know, I hope that I can do it again soon. There's, you know, just one obstacle, I mean, not one, but among the many obstacles, the biggest is probably that I am not vaccinated yet and I probably won't be for the next couple of months, which is a real bummer because um, it's most likely going to be that in order to travel to the EU countries during the summer, you will have to have a kind of vaccine passport and I probably won't. Yeah, I mean, it sucks, um, but at least, you know, I'm happy and I'm healthy and therefore I kind of feel like I cannot really complain considering all the absolutely horrible things happening in India right now. Um, my heart goes out to all of you in India or those whose family is in India right now. I really cannot imagine what you are going through. But my thoughts are with all of you and I just really hope this nightmare will end soon. And even, you know, on this smaller scale of things, I just hope that we can hug again and shake hands soon because I really miss it. And, you know, not with my friends and family because I can basically still hug them. But I would just, you know, love to shake hands with a stranger or touch someone without the fear of spreading the virus. And, I don't know, seeing people's faces on the street and guessing you know where are they going and what is what is the story of their lives but now when they have a mask on it's I don't know I feel like I am not connecting with my fellow human as much and oh you know also I miss kissing on the cheeks uh, which is you know such a beautiful European tradition we in a lot of the countries uh, kissing on the cheeks to say hello is a thing and I really just realized that I miss it I think that you know the pandemic is just going to be a or is a reminder to appreciate the small things in life the things that make us human and the things that we don't sometimes realize make us who we are our little habits and our little joys you know like waking up and every day watering the plants you know those are these small things that we don't appreciate until we cannot really do them again and you know as we were talking with Cecily in every quote bad thing 
that is happening to us, I think there is a chance for us to grow and create an opportunity to do something more meaningful. And right, speaking of meaningful things, let's segue into the insights of this week. And my insight of this week is going to be my big realization, which is that seeds are just shelves for buds. I mean, think about it. Seeds are just shelves for buds. You will never look at a seed the same way again. Okay, I'm just kidding. This isn't my inside. I mean, it kind of is my inside, but okay, let's just say it's not my main inside of this week. And my main insight is going to be, for real now, uh, that there isn't really such a thing as a recipe for happiness or a recipe for success or for learning a skill, like, you know, for learning running, for example, or recipe for finding love or for living a healthy lifestyle or any kind of thing of this sort. I think we as humans love sharing our knowledge or asking other people to share their knowledge with us. This is one of the basic qualities of being human. You know, the whole self-help industry is based on people giving other people these, quote, recipes for being healthy or happy or successful. But the thing is, which, you know, I'm sure you might have at some point observed yourself, is that everyone is different. And even though we are mostly driven by the same desires of achieving a state of well-being and safety and love and sense of belonging. We differ immensely on the genetical level, um, we have different sets of values, different goals we want to achieve, and we also have different strengths and different weaknesses. So therefore, you know, for example, one person can have an extremely slow metabolism And saying to them that the recipe for losing weight is fasting would be a very big mistake. So I think we would love to take these shortcuts and read about entrepreneurship and starting a quote successful business. And we love to listen to successful people tell us their recipes. But we have to realize that they will probably not work for us because we are we can be so different than these people we have different upbringing and different opportunities that our environment creates for us so let's take the example of the recipe for happiness for some people it will be achievements and it will be getting a phd and studying for 10 years But for other people, it will be something completely different. And, you know, for that person, fulfillment and focusing on achievements in that way will be toxic because maybe that person has a problem with attaching their self-worth to productivity. So basically reading every book about productivity in which an author says that this is the main way to be happy would be a waste of time and in the example of finding love some people 
think Tinder is a great place and there are so many great relationships of the people that met on Tinder. But there are also so many people who think that Tinder is just a worthless game of people creating their profiles which aren't true. And these people would prefer to go to festivals. And if someone asked them what is your recipe for dating, they would say, yeah, sure, go to many cafes and festivals and they will recommend you that. But maybe you don't have the opportunity to do that because of the COVID, because of the place that you are living in right now, or because maybe you just don't like it. And let's take learning. You know, we through school are taught that there's just one way to learn. You listen to someone and you look at them, then you go back home and you read through your textbook and then you take notes and then you read those notes again, you use some highlighters and stuff and then you pass these tests and you will know these things to the rest of your life. And that is bullshit because there are people who are dyslexic and who cannot read and who can only listen to something and that's a great way for them to learn. And there are people who can only read and who cannot learn through listening to teachers having lectures. And it is also scientifically proven that highlighting and making notes isn't a good way to learn. So we are basing our, a lot of our industries, you know, the self-help industry and just others on sharing our recipes for success in different fields, for language learning, for working out, for being smarter, for learning a new skill. And those recipes are bullshit. I mean, there's nothing wrong with us wanting to share our knowledge or with wanting to learn something new. But if you want to read a non-fiction guide of any sort, you have to keep in mind that this is a perspective of a person who is completely different than you. So pick from that book advice that is helpful and that is appropriate for your current living conditions. But don't feel bad if you don't agree with the author or if you cannot do the things that he recommends because your sense of happiness, your journey to success your tools on that journey to success in whatever field it is will be completely different and that doesn't mean that they're bad. So if an entrepreneur says that you should focus on making your business as effective as it can possibly be and that's his definition of success, maybe you want your business to have the best customer service there is and you want to focus on winning awards because you are so good with customers and that's what I mean there are different ways to success and there are different definitions of success so don't feel bad because there are no set answers and there are no correct answers and there are no recipes and look I don't mean to say that we shouldn't read self-improvement books or listen to self-improvement podcasts or YouTube channels or, you know, learn 
or share our thoughts on getting successful in some kind of area no i think it's all great and valuable those things aren't useless they are helpful in many ways but we shouldn't treat them as the one wholly correct answer to whatever our problem is because your way of overcoming that obstacle will be completely different and it will be solely yours and that will make it the right answer because it will be yours and it will be applicable to your current living situation. So for example, I love reading non-fiction books about spirituality or learning something new or being more productive. I love to read them, but the way I do it is I read it with a critical view and get from it what I think is valuable and what is applicable to my situation. And I don't bother with trying to do something that isn't possible for me to do or something that I do not agree with. So if I want to skip a chapter because I think I really cannot do it and I shouldn't do it because the way of my body is, for example, if I read a book and they are saying that the only way to be a healthy person is to have a paleo diet or a ketogenic diet, then I won't do it because I am vegan and also I think carbohydrates are important. I'm not saying that the person who wrote that is stupid or incorrect. I'm just saying this is not right for me and my recipe for living a healthy lifestyle is different and that is completely fine because I am just a different person and that is okay and we have to keep in mind that yeah your answer is the best answer thank you so much for listening to my insights for listening to my lovely conversation with Cecily and I will speak to you in the next one is written, edited, and produced by Julia Spohr. If you want to learn more, visit the website attached in the episode description or visit our Instagram page, which you can also find in the episode description or you can just search Being Better Podcast. If you want to support the show, there are a couple of ways to do that. The first one is just to share the podcast with your friends and your family. Tell them why you like it and that they should probably try listening to it as well. You can also share it on your social media platforms. Another way to support us is to write a review, rate and subscribe to the podcast because that helps new listeners find the show as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and I will speak to you very, very soon.